0: Welcome back to Point of View Podcast, the number one podcast for not being able to decide what the podcast is about, but where you can help decide the topics. My name is Ben and co-hosting with me is Chris,
1: Stuart and Adam.
0: So this week we've got a special guest, uh, Andrew, from the Selk Grassroots Podcast. How are you doing, Andrew?
2: I'm very well, thank you.
0: So let's start off then. What like introduce yourself with the like and your podcast a bit and like sort of explain what your podcast is about and and stuff like that.
2: So uh, my name's Andrew uh, Andrew Wheaton. I'm a uh, grassroots fan. I'm a, I'm a referee uh, within the grassroots uh, football scene. Uh, I've done that for ten years now. Um, the podcast was is basically about grassroots football. It, it goes all the way up to sort of the. The, the bottom couple of rungs of, of the non-league ladder as well. Um, but primarily the focus is about grassroots football uh, in 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 mm. the South East. So we cover um, Surrey, Essex, London, Kent, the Hearts and Sussex now. Yeah, so um, we're sort of oh, trying really? to branch out and not be so... It started out just as um, the content was around two leagues in South East London, uh, the Woolwich and Eltham Sunday Football Alliance and the Upton and Bromley. Um, Football League uh, yeah. Sunday Football League um, because they were the two leagues that I refereed on um, so I thought I was credible to talk about them a little bit um, yeah. but we sort of had so much interest once they started of other leagues wanting to be uh, covered that we sort of branched out and as I say it, it went beyond South East London um, pretty quickly
1: Wow six that's a, that hits us because yeah. that's where basically we're all from so and Stuart, Stuart plays in
3: Frank um, yeah, it's <laughs> so, League,
2: isn't it? So the Essex Alliance and the <laughs> Essex Corinthian League are covered on one of our shows uh, by the same guy, Rob, um, who's a fantastic contributor. So the way we the way we've grown the podcast was, you know, my time uh, is is so limited with work and family and the work I do already on the podcast that we decided to reach out to the community yeah. and say, you know, um, we want to grow it, but we, we can't do it ourselves, and, and leagues have actually. They've actually taken the time to record yeah. for us weekly 10, uh, ten, fifteen minute segment of a show and submit it. And yeah, um the, the Essex Corinthian and the Essex Alliance League. Uh, they're joined anyway, but Rob, um I think they submit a show to a to a radio um a radio station or definitely to some kind of press. Um so they include that in our show. Oh. So yeah, it's been it's been overwhelming.
3: Yeah. It's not, it's not Rob who's on the board of the Alliance and the yeah. Premier League. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I played for his Saturday team for a little bit. Okay, Glendale FC. So. Yeah, he's,
2: fun. I mean, he's, he's brilliant. He's so, his shows are so thorough You can tell he's passionate. So, I mean, these, these are the types of people that we, we accept as part of the show. Anyone who shares the passion uh, for their league or for their, for their team, and they're welcome, they're welcome aboard.
0: So, how did you go from like refereeing and possibly like playing to to going? Yeah, do you know what? Let's do a podcast about it. Like, what was that jump?
2: Uh, well, sadly, I've never really played other than school football. Um, knee injuries from the age of eleven, uh, wobbly kneecaps. Oh, as wow. I, I as, as I say, uh, my knees <laughs> dis- my knees started dislocating at the age of eleven, so I gave up pretty quickly. Uh, when I was playing, the last game I played I was probably sixteen. Um, And then he came out again and I said, no, I'm not not going through that again. Um, So refereeing didn't really start until I was 27, 28. Um, So I'm refereeing in the Kent County League and, as I say, the two Sunday leagues. And um, the idea about the podcast really Hmm. came about. The first idea was for it to be about professional football. So talking about the Premier League and the championship and all that. But Hmm. I, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I just didn't want to be one of the next, yeah. So I listened to the football the ramble, football weekly. Uh, used to, used to listen to uh, all of all of anything, everything and everything. I, I would listen to on professional football, and and I just thought, well, you know, I'd like to give it a go. Um, but I just it, it just wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as good. So I thought, what can I what can I talk about? And it was the football that I was taking part in because a, I loved it. I love everything about grassroots football, and b. Hmm. No one talks about it and it it doesn't get the coverage. It doesn't get the coverage it it, it deserves. And there won't be a footballer playing in the Premier League today or an English footballer that hasn't kicked a ball on a Sunday morning, I'd imagine. And um, it's just, it's it's the purest form of the game. It's where you get so many characters. And when I started the podcast, my sort of target audience was a mythical character called um, Dave the Postman, who I think, (laughs) <laughs> so this, this is the guy that I think about when he's on his he scored a hat trick for the dog and duck on Sunday and he he goes out after the game he has a beer with his friends oh, yeah. um. but then generally that's it he might get a bit of banter about it in a group chat but I wanted to provide all of the Dave the postmans in, in the southeast of England a little just a little five minutes of someone else that they maybe don't know mentioning yeah. um. And you know, we we like to cover all of the glamorous teams, your SC dons uh, your Lambeth All Stars in this area, uh, your under the radars. Um, but I think that Dave the mm. Postman or the Dog and Duck or whoever it is, they deserve as much of a shout out <laughs> for being part of Sunday League football as the big boys. So that's the aim of the show, Absolutely. to to cover everybody from from the top the very top division to the very bottom division. Everyone deserves their their ten minutes.
3: Uh, and just on that, obviously you mentioned that see Dom's under the radar there and we'd yeah. be remiss to not mention Palmer's as well. Yeah. Um, how have you found, obviously, every every football team's got a YouTube channel now. Yeah. I mean, even even our own team. Yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've got a few bits. Everyone wants to be YouTube famous now and do yeah. all this side of things. Do you find that helps your platform or sort of hinders it?
2: Yeah, it helps me too. you know, Palmers were the first YouTube team that I really watched because I think fundamentally when I started watching it was it was the quintessential Sunday League football, grassroots football. I do think they went away from that. I think they went away from that a little bit Um, and they got a bit, they, they changed the team and some of the old faces weren't playing very much and they moved away and they tried to be they tried to become a, a the sort of Galacticos and 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 get some big players in. But when I started watching Palms, I think it was mm. the football was the, was the main bit. But building the characters and stuff was was fantastic, and you really got into to to that type of thing. When a team when a team uh, decides to record their games for YouTube, I think they have to make a decision whether they're just doing it to put their games on so they can watch them back, or whether they're doing it to be to have a show so an entertainment thing um if teams i wrote a piece um about this for uh, roots tv um recently and i think it doesn't matter if you're if if it if you're famous from it or whatever but as long as your style is individual and it's not just one of those dozens of teams where you it doesn't matter what team you're watching they're all the same whether they record it on a vo camera and and there's no commentary or anything like that but um, I think as long as it's individual and they do a good job and it's entertaining it's going to be good definitely definitely for content for me to be more credible on who I'm talking about um, it helps me to have a look at teams certainly if a team's coming on as a guest to the podcast and they've got a YouTube channel I will have a look just to to, to get a, some kind yeah. of idea.
1: Yeah, we start we try to do one with as uh, I'm the cameraman as such I guess for Stewart's team that he plays on Sunday League, and it is it's it's a tremendously hard thing yeah. to do to make it funny, and also give them what they want to see their things back because obviously using whatever equipment we have, it's very hard to capture that yeah. the focus of your eyes through a small screen. and It's like people are like, oh, get can you get me a a close-up of that shot I'm like yeah you, you're out of luck with that it's all pixels mate <laughs> <laughs> well I mean
2: you hear it all the time teams that record their games every team they play against wants the footage as well so um, it just I mean I like it I like the YouTube the teams recording their uh, games it's, it's fantastic but I just think if, if if you can have a go at it and want to be seen as a YouTube team I think there's a lot more to it than just recording the game and, and sticking the scoreline in the top sort of left hand corner of the screen um, it, it's hard work uh, yeah. one of the one of the guys who's a contributor for the podcast uh, Peckham Rye uh, Gibbs who's one of our co-hosts on one of the shows um, they put out their games and I don't know it takes mm. it takes their guy their editor I think it takes him upwards of five or six hours just to do one game and just think yeah. and it's one hell of, I mean they do a great job on and it, and it shows in the end product but um, it's such a labour of love
1: yeah definitely so, same as really podcast yeah right?
0: I was going to say so like because obviously like you've obviously seen a lot of yeah. growth like over your time doing it as like as, like, like you said you started obviously in south east London and obviously grown to like pretty much the whole of south east like how long have you been like going forward like doing the podcast and how's that growth been like has it been quite an easy like natural growth or has it been something that's been like you have need to
2: push for uh, I mean it's the, the podcast started the idea was in January two thousand nineteen and the first show went out in March. I was gonna wait until the beginning of last season, so season nineteen twenty, but mm. when I started putting the feelers out and going on social media and saying, you know, we're gonna start a podcast it was just so much interest that um we just got we got a basic microphone and we got some free software. And we nice. just started recording it one mic it was it was two people sitting around a mic or three people sitting around one mic um it's grown completely it's grown completely organically um i haven't mm. had to haven't had to push it in any way um just interaction with teams um and social media twitter uh, primarily um it's happened organically really where we are now is i never foresaw it getting to this sort of stage in in my wildest dreams is it 's not something i 'm really bothered about the, the, yeah. i think we've had um fifty four fifty four thousand listens on soundcloud um, from from february from february two thousand and nineteen um that 's over a number of shows um, obviously we've had i think we've got we 're up to two hundred and fifty shows mm. in two hundred and fifty episodes over all of the different types of shows we put out so there's been a lot of work put in by Um, other people as well not just me Um, but yeah it's grown organically and the leagues have joined Um, if generally if it's just a text to say or or an email or a tweet just to say would you like to be involved Mm. leagues say yes so there's there's no cost to the league it's only their time that they have to give up yeah yeah, it's it's, it's been a mad it's been a mad sort of journey really Mm. Um, but if we actually put some effort in it might it might go it might go big <laughs>
0: good. Yeah, good. yeah, I, it's I mean, I, I have to admit, like, I didn't quite realise how, like, I like to be the size that you're at. I didn't expect it to have been only going since like last year, basically.
2: Well, it shows a massive, a massive. Um, it does, and it shows that there's been no interest it, been really, no interest in it um, up until now, especially uh, for content producers. But there's some, there's some sort of people now. There's a group of us. In the in the uh, grassroots content producing uh, scene, uh, myself, mm. uh, the amateur footballer, uh, Roots TV, and um, they're free. We're sort of um, they've all been going about the same sort of time, and it's growing. There's lots of people that want to be involved. Lots of people uh, want to speak out and support the growth of um, grassroots football. So. It's just been—it's been waiting to happen. It's just that no one's really switched into it, and now a few people have, and and it's taken off.
0: Yeah, it sounds—it sounds good as well because it doesn't sound like you're anyone's competing with each other. It's all like working towards the same goal.
2: Well,
0: like uh, I, I, you could see in some like hmm. some communities that like somebody might have the idea and start it, and then somebody else might go, "Oh, you know, that's a good idea. I'll do the same yeah. thing and like compete." I think. But it seems like you guys have just really gone. No, that's a good idea. Let's all work towards
2: it. I think where where the people that I've just mentioned are in sort of different geographical locations. I think what's happened is we've all settled on our on our immediate area, and if there's any crossover, then that then that's 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 good because teams get double the coverage. I think where where Silk Grassroots is a bit different to the other people yeah. I mentioned is that we've got no YouTube presence whatsoever. So we're not we're not sort of trying to get subscribers. We're not trying to get clicks. It's just whoever wants to listen. My my initial idea was that mm. fifty listens would be would be a good thing, and um, per show I'd be happy with fifty. I sort of worked that out as as two football pitches of of players, and and that would do me every week. And mm. you now we're seeing um, some of the episodes are up to a thousand listens for the the SC, s the s e dons, and you, we're averaging about three hundred listens per show um, per week. It's up at about twelve hundred. Between twelve hundred and and fifteen hundred listens a week, um, as a as a complete network, I call it a network because we've got four or five sh- different shows that go out and different contributors, but essentially under the self grassroots banner, probably, it, at, at its height, it's, it's been quiet now during lockdown. Obviously, with no with no football as such to talk about, um, but yeah. it's coming out about twelve hundred yeah. to, to fifteen hundred listens a week on average.
0: It's, pretty you
2: know, it's definitely impressive I have to say it's definitely impressive yeah as I say it's not something I'm <laughs> yeah. given by like, I like by the it, way, you know, I, I would give a weekly stats on, on, on social media mm-hmm. um, of what's happened in that week so how much how many shows we put out how many hours of content we put out mm-hmm. the Twitter followers but because mm-hmm. because there's no it's not revenue driven in any way so we don't get money for anything that happens through those clicks or through yeah. those listens. It's just, it's just, it doesn't matter yeah. to me.
4: It's, pure, it's a pure
2: passion. Yeah, it event. is. And, you know, we've, yeah. we've got sponsors um, on the back of it, but really we put all of the sponsorship that we've got in back into the community um, with um, sponsorships on on sleeves. So logos and stuff, we've put that all straight back in. Our um, teams, if, if they would let us cover the costs, just marketing, it's, it's free marketing. It's not free marketing, but we cover the printing costs yeah, on yeah. the on the shirt sleeves, and the, all the teams said yes who we approached. So um, we've put that money back in. We've upgraded. We've got free mics now, which is luxury compared to four people sitting <laughs> sitting around <laughs> one sixty pound microphone. But all the money we get yeah. in, we put straight back into the podcast to try and improve. Um, the listening or to try and get marketing or to try and do um, we have a charity thing now so all the money goes goes into that as well.
1: So even in the charity team no, do, you, do you not play because of your knees? Are you, do you still are you a sideline as well? It's a team sadly <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah, to a lot like Stewart. Well, bit. we've got about three or
2: four managers in there. So, I mean, I'm just I'm just the sort of the bloke that decides the substitutions or when someone tells me they're knackered on the um sideline that um that they want to come off, I'll just tell the player who who has been brought in to replace him to go on. So, no, I mean, the, the charity thing is great with supporting the Mike Strong Memorial. Um, fund which is a a trust fund set up for two little girls of a guy called Mike Strong who took his own life about 12 months ago. Uh, Nick Pitt one of our contributors on the Saturday Manager show started a a fund uh, for those girls and uh, he had his own sort of annual charity game that they play for Mike and in January last year they got um, they raised about £6,000 for for the for the charity which was fantastic from one event and then um we started i started to think well, how can i contribute to that because i was refereeing that game and it was probably one of the nicest um games i've ever been involved in it was competitive football but the whole um the whole thing was just so nice to be part of and i thought how can i help to contribute that maybe make it 10 grand a year if they're going to do that game once a year how can we make it 10 grand a year And we fought up the charity team. And again, we just reached out to some people that we know in the community. Do you want to play? And everyone said yes. And they all paid to play over the odds, well over the normal subs that you would normally pay. Um, But we've made 1,500 quid from that, from two games, which is one side of just before we got locked down in March and then um, just before, just after we came out of lockdown this year. Um, we managed to raise fifteen hundred quid, so yeah. Um, yeah, COVID's not helping us on that one. But we we love doing it. We the aim is to play other charity focused teams um, in those games to try and raise awareness for for our charity and for other charities as well. That's
0: awesome. Is there like a like to anybody that's listening? Is there like a page that they could go to if they want to donate?
2: So, to I or? think it's at Mike Memorial is the Twitter page. There's a Just Giving on there, or well, you can certainly DM Nick who who can. Um, he can put them he, he can take a donation and put it straight into the to the fund to the trust fund but yeah at mike memorial is the is a twitter page and uh nick runs that so yeah if you want to get if you'd like to give any money or Gosh. donate or hold an event or if you have any charity games yourself and you'd like to raise awareness or and money for men's mental health um yeah get to get go on at mike memorial get in touch would be great
0: that's that's really, that's brilliant that you do that sort of thing as well. well this that's
2: is amazing. part of this, this um, sorry to interrupt you, this is part of the aim that it's not just a podcast, it's grown into more of a more of a community thing with with the podcast, obviously the charity games. Um we have a, a men's mental health awareness group that we were looking to start just before we got locked down. Um with Erica from Belvedere, FC and we've got an initiative called Twelfth Man which is a which is a talking group um for guys where we bring people in to talk. Um, to like, hold a, just a, just a short 10, 15 minute presentation or chat about their own problems and, and how they've, how they've came out of it. And that was going to be well attended. So, I mean, COVID's really, um, affected those types of, um, things at the moment, but we look to kick that back off straight away. The, the whole thing of the podcast is, it's a small part of it now in the community. Uh, and the growth away from the podcast is, is the biggest thing that that's the, the the podcast will always be there and we'll always do that because we enjoy it but it's the offshoots from that which is the most pleasing things now as well yeah blimey
0: yeah that's really like i say that's Thank really you. impressive i mean like yeah so i mean off the back of that i mean there's i, w- I want to go into the covid yeah. sort of situation and now it's affected things a bit a little bit later on but like like i said to you at the, at the top of the show like me personally, I've I've never been a real football fan. I was one of the kids at school that was really <laughs> shit at football. <laughs> just as a result of that, I never yeah. really took to it. I went into rugby, <laughs> I went into rugby, martial yeah. arts, I went into other sports. Just football, I could never get into. And since then, I have to admit, like I've I've become, I wouldn't say a, a full blown fan, but I do like football more yeah. than I used to as a kid just because I matured a bit and understood that you don't have to be good at saying to like it. So
3: what is that what am going to That's having sex for you,
0: I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> gonna but um, I'm going to ask a really naive question only because I am, a, like I say, a complete yeah. novice when it comes to it all. In regards to Sunday league football, like where does that place in the, like in the great scheme of like the football world? So like, because obviously you've got like if you like your your, your mainstream football in mean, the Premier League and then obviously the the leagues like below that, but like would you have like how do players go from Sunday League football to going into one of the the divisions or the? Uh, that's Premier a tough League?
2: question, and I don't think I don't think that that really happens directly from Sunday football into. Um, into professional football I think there's a pathway there's a clear pathway and on Saturdays from grassroots football through um, district level to county level to uh, like non-league so your non-league ladder your pyramid uh, all the way through but I, Mm. I don't think from Sunday league football generally Sunday league football is played but in, especially in as, in adults, in kids that's different. In kids' football, you'll get scouts come along and watch games, and if there's a promising kid, they'll watch them a yeah. few times, and then they'll they'll drag them off to wherever they wherever wherever club they're from, and hopefully the kid goes through and does a business. But in, in in adult football, I don't think that happens at all. Um, a, a good player may get a mention, uh, to their to their Bostic League to their Bostick League manager or their Scareful league manager down here um in down this way that's our step five step six league so if a good player shows up in in the Sunday league football and a player on that team plays in a at a decent non league level, they might say to their manager, "Come and have a look at him, see what you think and then that that could be a pathway but generally um players just play with their play with their friends mm-hmm. on on a sunday i think uh, and that's how you get pulled into Sunday league teams as opposed yeah. to um anything else so in in sunday, there's no there's no pathway. Once you're in the top division of the league you play in, unless you move leagues and and that's a better standard, that's how you grow your team. Otherwise, you just you're just stuck there. So there's no ladder. Not like in some Saturdays yeah. where if you're good, you can go up a level um, with investment and all that stuff. You can grow your club. And-
0: so so. Yeah, I was going to say. So, like, from the sounds of it, then, like, the like the Sunday League side of it is purely more community based rather than
2: Much commercial more. based. Much I more. Mean, I mean, unless you're unless you're on SE Don's, where you or you make it big on YouTube, you're you're probably lucky to get a sponsor by a pub or by a restaurant or by your mate who does, who's got a plumbing firm or a roofing firm, and and <laughs> they buy you a and they buy you a kit, and that's how you finance the club. But other than that, there's no no one's going to invest in Sunday League yeah. football because, I mean until they do a big youtube league which i think um someone will someone will eventually throw some money at that um the revenue driven even by um by your Essie dons i don't suppose they draw that much money in and they have recently with their puma they've got a puma kit deal a lot of them have got kit deals with puma's new balance and and all these firms are getting involved with those youtube teams mm. but even the sponsors over and above that i don't i'm not sure it drives it drives that much, that much revenue, but they make enough from enough out, um, yeah. obviously kit deals and YouTube views. But um, yeah, as I say, your average Sunday league team yeah. might be lucky to get um, 500 quid phone out and buy, buy their mates foot company who wants to do it because he gets to claim it back in tax or something, yeah. you know, how these things work. Or yeah. be a pub that wants them, <laughs> they, get, they buy the, the teams a kit and they go back there every Sunday and they get a couple of sandwiches. Yeah, yeah yeah, that's
1: that's what I that's, <laughs> that's,
2: the, that's the that's the only way that teams can get that lump of money to buy things up front rather than having to wait months or years even to go through subs and you make it you manage to put twenty quid um in on your away games in a bank account and then let it grow for a season and you might have enough money to buy a kit for the next year. Um, that's the only way you can generate money is by having these yeah. these firms or these companies where it's all goodwill. We have so many teams come on and say, you know, they our this X Y and Z company um, sponsor us, and you know, there's no way that some of these companies can get anything back by sponsoring a a, a Sunday league football team. It's just good. It's just goodwill, and thank yeah. God that we have got people that are willing to invest and and help these teams yeah. out because we'd have a hell of a lot less teams if they if they weren't
3: willing to do it. No, absolutely, and uh, on the back of that, the the, oh, the cost now of running a Sunday league. I, I mean, I know from running our team over the last couple of years. I mean, the pitch is a thousand pound plus a year. Then you look at the kit; that's five or six hundred quid. Then you have got your yeah. league fees; that's a couple of hundred quid. Then you have got mm. your referees fees for each game as well. You know, you're looking at um, plus if you're training as well, then you've got floodlit pitch costs, and they're like fifty quid a week as well. I think we did three off well, brand first year.
2: It's mad. Um, the, the costs are absolutely mad and you know, I think I think teams are paying between 100 and 150 quid a game here, round, round here, so South East London. Mm. Um, if they want to train, if they want to have a, a third of a 3 D mm. pitch, I think it's costing them £100 an hour, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. If you play in the top division yeah. of one of our leagues, it's costing you a hundred pound a week, a hundred pound every other week. Sorry, in referees because you get a lot two linos and a ref. Mm. So it's just ridiculous. Like you could be, you could be talking, you could be talking what uh, two hundred and fifty, three hundred and fifty quid a week. And how are you going to charge? How are you going to charge folks more than a tenner to play football? Because a tenner is the sort of standard subs amount that everyone everyone pays. So yeah. if you've got fifteen players at a tenner, you, you're running at two hundred pound a week deficit how can you do that it's crazy the the, the, the money and um not so much the money teams are willing to pay it if they get the facilities but it's the teams we get on the podcast that say you know we're paying 100 quid a week 100 quid every other week should i say to play games at our council pitch when we get there um the penalty there's no penalty spots on the pitch we have to put our, we have to put the nets up ourselves. We have to put the flags yeah. in ourselves. The pitch is in shocking condition at the moment. No one's allowed to even use changing rooms, so they're just turning up. They have to do all this crap themselves yeah. on the pitch. And people are saying, you know, what what are we actually paying for? Because it doesn't look like the pitches have been worked on massively. All the council yeah. staff have been on for these uh, uh, green spaces have been furloughed through this whole thing because there's no reason for them to work if no one's playing football pitches have gone to ruin but the councils aren't yep. um recognising that. No, nope, the pitch in fact the because there's a deficit now with all the councils, you can only ever see the prices of this going up. They're sort not gonna bring go it down up. to suit the teams. They're gonna bring it up to try and fill the hole that's been caused. it's only going to get worse. Yeah, and, exactly. and money is, yeah. is probably the biggest thing um we hear about in grassroots football from speaking to the teams, the pitches, the pitch quality and uh, the money. Funny enough referees referees are like 5% of the complaints and you'd think it'd be 100% of the complaints sometimes yeah. but it's always <laughs> it's always, <Yeah>. it's, always <laughs> yeah, by a <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pitches or refs. Refere- so is it, it on that kind of basis is there any way to get more facilities do you like more pitches for example to play on like uh, convert more public spaces into, into I mean you'd think or
2: yeah, like I think the average like 3G
1: that, 3G
2: or 4G pitch costs about Four hundred thousand pounds to reduce so but I mean if it doesn't take that much space to build to build a, a, a 3G you think the amount of brownfield sites that are just sitting there doing nothing at the moment they could pretty mm-hmm. simply flip them uh, and provide these facilities but once you, once you spend the four hundred grand on on the 3G pitch, um, it takes a long time to get that back. whereas if you build uh, a, a four, three or four story um, flat or housing block on it, they're going to get that back within yeah. pretty quick. So more money.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well, yeah. What i yeah, would be kind of surprised with is like someone like the FA, for example, wouldn't step in and just, for example, like just supply the money or just like make sure the councils aren't like get going. I'm under, not sure. Just provide for, just they do, sure. They do. For they
3: schemes, uh, the they for, um, yeah. I do have schemes. I don't know where they that. I think they're from the Football Foundation uh, yeah. to support. But upgrading 3G and 4G pitches, uh, but even very so, few I mean, and, so team. Team. and even like non league team teams are struggling to scrape the cash together to upgrade their grass pitch that is waterlogged for half the season yeah. up to that forgery pitch so they can get multiple use out of it.
2: It's exactly, so you, you, it's a, six day, they're all a mm. success story. Some of the clubs mm. that have got them, they, they're thriving now. You look at uh, Maidstone down in Kent, they've got a lovely. 4G facility there, Seven Oaks Town in Kent have got a nice facility. And because people can constantly train and play on them and it doesn't degrade the pitch, they're big revenue yeah. builders. But then again, they're high cost to use. So the club, the clubs do benefit from it. Um, but mm. yeah, I mean, they are the future. I don't know, how, I, I don't personally. I feel a lot more um, sore after being on a 4G pitch in a game than I do from grass. I notice it in my <laughs> in my knees and and uh, ankles uh, mm-hmm. when I when I've been on a 4G pitch. It's not it's nowhere near as natural feeling as grass. But I mean, I take a I take a 4G pitch
3: over a lumpy mm. a lumpy grass pitch every day of the week. Or well, I suppose for a lot of the teams, you'd take a 4G pitch <laughs> over a waterlogged pitch that you can't play on. Because I suppose yeah. from January to March... That's I mean, true. we played two games this year between January or and March, and that, that was pre-COVID. Was no... So, that's, um, that's the trouble. The council pitch is, is also so waterlogged now. Um, I suppose the only issue with the 4G pitches is, is they're still banned in the Football League.
2: Yeah, so if a team does well and, and has all that money going through the National League into League Two, they'd have to... St- They'd have to tear it all up and put a grass
3: yeah. pitch in to qualify for league football. Yeah, and a lot of teams now well, they do well and they don't want to get into the football league because they so. don't want to rip up a re- revenue stream. And because uh, if they get relegated again, and they drop through the divisions. They they've sort of cut their nose to spite their face.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, that's it. Yeah. That's it. I think um, there was an, there was an interview with the Sutton uh, Sutton United manager when they went on that little cup run a couple of years ago. They played Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, and I think I heard an interview with him saying that they're not they're not really that interested. They play on a three G pitch and they weren't really interested in going up because you know, they're they're comfortable at the level they are. <laughs> the club runs uh it 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 wipes its own face, sort of yeah. money wise, and um they were happy with where they were and, and, and that's that.
3: But I suppose that's Covid's not helped with that, you know, also they can't get the fans in and so many of these clubs rely on fans. Um I know the I listened to the Price of Football podcast, and they yeah. were stating that you know all these League Two clubs that literally can't survive without fans, um, you know, and it's, it's difficult. And you'll see, I reckon there'll be a lot more clubs this war, this this sort of season that will hit the wall as well.
2: Well, it's affecting it's affecting teams at the bottom end of the non-league ladder, so Step Five and Step Six. The fact that the league, the fact that their league yeah. has been suspended is a relief to them because it means they haven't got they haven't got any costs so players aren't necessarily on contracts but if they play a game of football some of these boys are getting 50 quid 100 quid 150 more maybe even more than that Mm. so all the time that fans can't get into the ground or they can't serve beer so people don't go to the games they'll just go to the pub instead um all the time they're not playing games they're not Mm. they're not incurring any sort of costs. They can't. They can't bring in any bring in any money over and above um, the seven quid ticket money where thirty people might turn up to the game. Um, yeah, they can't. They don't. Yeah. They're not bothered about the, the season actually restarting in a way because it means they haven't got to pay players. They haven't got to pay bar staff. They haven't got to pay uh, whoever. They haven't got to get. The, they haven't got to pay the groundsman. Mm. All this type of these things that cost money. Um, some clubs can't do it unless they've got. The beer, the, the bar takings, or they haven't, or they've got fifty people through the gate, or a hundred people through the gate. Some of these clubs that have been going for hundreds of years that you've never heard of, mm. but they've been in the local community for all that time, will sadly go to the wall um, in the next in the next year yeah. or two because, as long as people can't go and watch their games, then the, the clubs are going to go under.
1: With that, mm. you've got like the unlikely stories of like Wrexham that have got just got. Backed by Ryan Reynolds and the guy from Only Always Sunny. So it's like that kind of yes. thing is like you hear some teams that are like got such history, they're getting kind of saved by people that obviously can afford to save them and not worry about the fact that they're not going to make any revenue off of them just to make sure that they don't. Yeah, make a I
2: mean, that's luck, isn't it? That's that's pure luck. And a team like Rexham yeah. were sort of. Long-term members of the football league in England, and now they—I think—they're playing back in the Welsh, uh, the Welsh league now. But um, you know, that's, yeah. that's luck. That, that, that doesn't happen very often.
0: So, on the back of all that, like, sort of like a, a yeah, sort of a final sort of wrap-up question, really. Like, what do you, what do you think the future of like sort of the Sunday league and like grassroots football is going to be after COVID? Like, once this is all done, like, how do you get back to? normality because obviously it's affected it's affected it in such a big way uh, with especially with obviously like so yeah. like we've touched on it quite heavily obviously with the mm-hmm. revenue side of things like what's the route back to getting back to normal because I can't imagine that although obviously the best advice is like to live within your means and cut costs where you can just so that you can rebuild at a later date I can't imagine that
2: uh, Everybody's I mean, heeding that advice. Grassroots, grassroots football, or Sunday football, will will continue to 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 thrive, I think, because as I say, is the it's the entry point for most people. Most people, as a kid, I think that that won't stop. You might lose a few clubs, but all of those players go to other clubs, and there'll be football. There'll be football for everyone. Uh, I think you know it's 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 still pretty much up in the air uh, with all this COVID stuff. It's a hard question to ask because we've we've been stop start. Already this season, we've already lost a month um, of it. Um, we lost two months of the back end of last season. Um, it's, it's a hard question to ask because we don't know what the world's going to be like in, in six months' time. Um, we don't know what the season's going to be like or the, what the what the world's going to be like in August or September. Next year, when the new season starts, hopefully we get to finish this season. We didn't get to do it in most cases last year uh, by, by by filling mm-hmm. all the games. I don't think there was one league probably that got all their fixtures done in, in March last year. So um, it's a very hard question to ask without knowing what things are going to be. Like there may be some people that, um, the, some clubs that fold, there may be some people that lose their jobs and they won't be able to take part in it anymore because finding that tenor um, subs, they can't do it anymore. Um, it's, it's sad. I mean, but um, in, yeah. in in our particular area, there's there's a lot of teams that are doing it you know, um, really supporting their players. A, a team called Springhill United in the Woolwich and um, Eltham League, and um, they make it affordable for their players. They're they're a the club that's been going for 40 odd years. They make football affordable. Yeah. Um, lots of teams do that. Um, I'd, uh, my hope is that we can go back to normal. Um, we'll be pretty, um, we'll be pretty resilient. Everyone just loves playing Sunday football. It's pretty much. Um, in my view, it's the purest, it's the purest form of it. Um, jumpers, jumpers with yeah. goalposts and all those stupid, um, sayings that get told. But, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's just something, there's just something brilliant about turning up on a Sunday to, um, a, a, a terrible, <laughs> a terrible pitch, uh, and, um, just having just the whole thing of cheating linos and, um, just, yeah, just yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the crap about? <laughs> just all of it it's the yeah. best grassroots football is the best form of the game
1: I completely completely you agree you
2: haven't got to worry about VAR if the ref makes a mistake he no. makes a mistake it's a genuine it's a bloke who delivers letters or drives a bus six days a week yeah. and Sunday morning is his time to go out and have his little bit of of, of him time uh, or their or her time uh, so I I just I hope we are resilient. I'm sure we'll be resilient. We've got lots of good leagues doing lots of hard work and putting in plans and different sort of options for what happens with COVID. Um, I don't, to answer your question, I don't think Sunday League football will be that different on the back end of COVID. We may not see some teams that we're used to seeing, but the the interest in it has grown so much in the last five years that I think we, we're going to be basically in a, in a similar position.
3: Hmm. Do, you, do you think the quality improved in Sunday League? That's, yeah, that's... because I think
2: where where the interest has been made from, you know, you have to give um, Essie Dons have their critics and Under the Radar have their critics and Hashtag United have their critics and it's just all that, all that they've, they've done is brought eyes on to grassroots football so more people are interested. If a team Films their games, then players want to play, and that drives up the quality. Teams want to, players want to see themselves on YouTube scoring a brilliant goal. I think the quality, especially in our area, um, it's all I can speak for, really, from what I've seen. But the, the quality in both the leagues that I referee in has gone up. It's um, not to say it's miles better. There's always good teams, but you see a hell of a lot of teams in the top divisions stacked full of semi-professional players. You've got players playing in conference the conference level if they're not contracted to that club then they're allowed to play Sunday league football. They're you know Essie Dons have got um Montel plays for Welling United who are a conference South side so he's playing in SE e. Dons. Would he play for another Sunday team if it wasn't Essie e. Dons? I don't know. Is it is it the the sort of eyes that are on um e. Dons that makes him play there. I don't know if he's he's friends with people in the club but um, you've got that level of player. A player for under the radar plays for Wellington United as well. Uh, Landry plays for Welling United. So you've got you've got an immense amount of talent. You've got these players that play at this level saying, "Come and play with us on a Sunday. We've got nice pitches. Um, it's a good team. The level, the, le- the level, of the league is good. If you're not getting minutes for your Saturday team, go and get minutes on a Sunday and keep yourself ticking over. Um, the quality is definitely. I don't know if it, the quality isn't necessarily higher, but the fitness levels are definitely higher. You've got more athletes in Sunday League football. You haven't got your, your, pub, your pub teams and all that. There's a lot more serious teams around now. So I think everyone takes it a bit more seriously. Is probably, it's probably the, the better answer to that rather than the quality going up.
3: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I know it's, I mean, we're in the bottom division and the amount of team, uh, players in, in even the bottom division size that have got players playing on a Saturday as well, yeah. decent sides and they're still playing in the bottom mm. division on a Sunday, I think just shows. You haven't like you said, you haven't got them pub teams that's got, you know, fat Dave who's just done sixteen pints a night before he's hanging yeah. out of his arse and can barely run twenty yards. Yeah, he's turned <laughs> up he's turned know.
2: up at the game, he's, he's put his bag down, he's thrown up everywhere, he's at, he's had a fag and then he's and then he's gone out to play. You don't they you saw yeah. those you saw those characters you saw those characters about ten years ago when I started refereeing but very few and far between now. Uh, Do you see those types yeah. of guys? They're all there. They all they're all warming up. They're all doing it properly, and I think it, it's become a little. It's become a lot more serious, especially in the last ten years. But over the last couple of years, um, there's some big big games, and uh, it's very intense, even even in Sunday League football. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, we go every week. Oh well, whenever, whenever it's actually happening, but it's great to watch. And like we really get into it. Like my girlfriend comes along. She doesn't really like football, but when we watch Stuart and the guys play, it's like she's someone else. <laughs> yeah, but
2: that's that's so, what yeah, it does. That's what it has. That's the effect it has on you. When you know the people on the pitch, you, you become emotionally exactly. involved in, in it that. straight away, and that, and that's the best thing about grassroots football. You can go and have a drink with those people after the game as well, and and you can all. Yeah. we well, used to be able to, but you can go and you socialise <laughs> with these people. So you're involved is yeah. so much more involved to go and do it. So yeah. um, I'd implore everyone to go along to your local club on a Saturday if it's if it's at local level mm. or a Sunday. Go and buy mm. a cup of tea. Go and buy a bacon sandwich at the at the, the disgusting uh, van uh, in the car park, <laughs> in the car park. Risk risk the salmonella and just go and support these things because. No, these it's such a fantastic experience, and it'll be the, it'll be something that can stay with you um, forever if you can get into it.
0: Well, I think that's a a, a great note to, to sort of end on there. Um, I mean, especially for me, like I say, I, I'm a complete sort of novice when it comes to to football and, and how it's organised and stuff. And like I have to admit, you like just from talking with you today, I've learnt more about. Grassroots football than I knew there was even to learn about. To be honest, like my my mindset of it beforehand was like like you said was probably that view of ten yeah. years ago of of like you say Fat Bay from down the yeah. pub who's It's not like that
2: anymore. So up, you really see some good some good football. So
1: not if you watch Stuart's team. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Very well, good. well, you know, I wish Stuart's team all the best, and we 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 support the teams in the bottom division Our favourite team on the podcast is a team called. Uh, Sport in Greenwich, and they win one game a year if they're lucky. Um, but they turn up, they yeah. turn up every week, and they're an inclusive club. So they've got players from all sorts of different backgrounds and all sorts of different orientations. And that's the, that's the, their club. They want to get everyone playing football, win, lose or draw. They that's turn nice. up, they play football, but they always go for a beer after. And that, that's grassroots football in a nutshell.
1: Thank you very much for coming on. No problem. Really? All the best
2: with your podcast. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you very good much, good Andrew. Come on and, and talk.
1: No, it's been really good.
0: Thank you, guys, for listening to today's episode of Point of View. Make sure to follow us on all our socials at Pint of View Pod across the board or email us at PintofViewPod at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe on your chosen platform to get notified of when our next episode's out. Bye. Bye.
4: Bye.